a sulky, over funky kind of hulky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The viral superheroes Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a cinema sangha podcast about the Marvel TV universe. My name is Devin Faraci, and joining me as always. Hello, my name is Jarek, and I have a friend who was married to a doctor for a year. Turns out it was Bruce Springsteen. He just wanted to see what it's like to be a normal person. <laughs> is, this, is this what? What is this? That's from, that's from Barf and Star. Oh. Meet, uh, uh, go to Vista Del Mar, which I watched <laughs> this weekend. For the first time, you just watch it now? Yeah, because it just came out for rental, so oh, I watched it. Oh, you didn't want to pay for it. Well, I hadn't seen it. I was like, I don't want to pay 20 bucks for to own the movie if I don't like it, because the trailer was terrible, I thought. Mm-hmm. The movie itself is amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. So I didn't get that uh, that joke. I mean, I, I get it in the I didn't. I didn't recognize. I've only seen the movie once, and I saw it like, yes. uh, two months yeah. ago. So Yeah. Uh, good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Far better than the other movie I watched this weekend. Which was what? New Mutants. Oh, that one's a piece of shit. <laughs> that was rough. You know what made it worse? Is I woke up this morning. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do some chores. Then I'm going to watch New Mutants. And that'll be a nice way to spend my Sunday. So I did my chores. I went to throw out my trash. I locked myself out of my apartment. Took about an hour and a half to get back in. How did you How did you get back in? Uh, I had to, well, it, it was a little rough because I didn't have my keys, obviously. That's how it um, works when you get locked out. Yes, yeah. yes. My wallet or my phone. So I had to ask my neighbor to call our landlord and be like, hey, idiot, locked himself out. And then I had to wait for someone, the landlord, to send somebody to open up the door. So it wow. took a while. Yeah, it really sucked. That sucks. Yep. Really, really sucked. I'm surprised the landlord doesn't have a set of keys or something. Well, the landlord doesn't live in the building. No, I know, but isn't there a building manager or something? Yes, that's why I had to wait for the building manager. The building manager was out. It was Sunday morning. He was at, like, church or or, I don't know where he was, but he was out. So I had to wait for the building manager to come back. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Yes, it was rough. It was rough. And then I got in. I was like, oh, I'm finally in. And I watched Immune, so I was like, I wish I was still locked out. That's how that went. You know, one of the big problems, one of the big sad things about New Mutants is that Anya Taylor-Joy is so good as magic, even though her accent's all over the place. I think she's so terrific, and um, they they blew her on this movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, she's a great actress. She's a great actress, so, but she's really great yeah. in that role, and she looks the part. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of just, like, pure, like, visual casting, boy, yeah. does that really work. I like that um, Sunspot spends 90% of the movie doing dishes. It's a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> he's just, he's always doing dishes every scene. It's like, there's five people there. How many dishes can there be that he's doing this all day, every day? There's five people and like one teacher. It's like crazy. It's a, it's a ludicrous movie. Um and then all of a sudden, this demon bear fight happens at the end out of nowhere. It's totally bonkers. Well, it's great because the demon bear fight happens. And then the ending of the demon bear fight is uh, Dawnstar going, go to sleep. It's okay now. And everyone's like, oh, that was solved. And it's like, really? That's it? That's it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's not a good movie. such a bummer. Because um, it's a great concept. I mean, it's based on, slightly based on, on the New Mutants. There was a New Mutant storyline like that, but not quite the same. I mean, if you're going to do that story, what you need to have is you need to have a larger cast and you need to have some of those kids get killed. 
Yes. But in this yeah. version, there's just no tension because you have a horror movie with nobody dying. Yeah. Yeah. And bad CG. Yeah, really bad CG. Which does not help. Had, I don't know why- They had three years to finish it and they did not- No, they did not do a good job. I, I don't know why Magic has, uh, uh, what's his name? The dragon with her either. Lockheed? Because Lockheed. they wanted to do Lockheed. The end. The end. That's it. That's the whole reason. But why not toss Kitty Pride in there then? Because they already had Kitty Pride in an X Men movie. But they, I mean, they talk about the X Men in the movie, so it takes place in the X Men universe. Yeah, so but the problem like, is, that I think the timing of Kitty Pride is she'd be like forty seven in this movie. <laughs> who knows? Because they keep changing the the timeline of of the X Men movie, so it could be anything. You watch it on HBO Max? Yes, I did. Do you notice the description says the final chapter in the X Men saga? I did not. Yeah, I did not notice that. Final, the final chapter in the X Men saga. Uh-oh. Yeah. No. Well, there you go. Good riddance to bad rubbish. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Although they're making another Deadpool, so it's not the final show, unless they don't count Deadpool as part of the X Men saga. Deadpool is fourth wall breaking, so he'll just show up and he'll recognize that he has left one franchise for another. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how that'll. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Um. So, because the thing is, like, they're not going to keep Deadpool's continuity because they're going to want to use Cycl- uh, Colossus in a movie at some point. Yeah, and uh, certainly Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. So it's not. It's just not going to work. Um, you got any Marvel news? There's quite a bit of Marvel news. Uh, we have some casting news, uh, which appears to be about uh, Miss Marvel, in that uh, Pakistani actor Ali Khan and actress Samina Ahmed have both been cast in a Marvel series, and I guess Miss Marvel is filming in uh is filming overseas right now in, in India, I believe. Yeah, it's filming someplace for Pakistan. It's not playing. It's not filming in Pakistan, but it is filming. F- um, I forget where it went to film for Pakistan. So, yeah. sort of how Falcon Winter Soldier shot um, uh, Budapest, Budapest for, for for Latvia and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah. So that's fun. So mm-hmm. we got two actors there. I don't know who they'll be. I don't know much about Miss Marvel to speak on who they could be. Right. But they're there, so we got that. And then we've got uh, the Shang-Chi toys uh, leaked online, the action figures. And so we get to look at all of them, and they look like characters. And uh, The um, the Mandarin toy, I don't consider this a spoiler because this is going to be so everywhere in the coming weeks anyway because it's going to be yeah. posters and on um, – you know, trailers and stuff. The Mandarin toy does not look like the comic book Mandarin. No, not at all. Probably for best. I would say say definitely for best. Yeah. 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 Don't want to go down that route. Um, But but yeah, so he has, looks more like a sort of a traditional uh, Kung Fu guy. Yes. And his rings are different. It looks like he might have rings around his um, forearm, but it's hard to be sure that that's exactly what it is. But it does seem like yeah. plausible that could be it. Yes. So that's exciting. So we got that. And then we've got uh, Jeremy Renner took to Instagram and posted a picture of himself in the, uh, what's it called, outfit? Not Hawkeye, but the other. Ronin? Ronin outfit. And he said, back when? And then he deleted that post. So everyone's theorizing that there's going to be some Ronin stuff in the Hawkeye show. Huh. So we'll see. Could Maybe be. We'll see. Could be some flashbacks. It's weird how often these people put up Instagram posts where they must know ahead of time, like, oh, I'm probably not supposed to talk about this. 
And then they have to delete it in like 12 minutes, unless it's part of Marvel's strategy. You know, if only we had the Renner app, he could do whatever he wants yeah. on the Renner app back in the That's old true. days. Sad That's to see that true. Oh, R.I.P. Renner app. And then there was also a, a behind the scenes video of Oscar Isaac training for Moon Knight. Yeah. Which uh, got people very excited. It appears from that video and going like sort of like on my own comic book knowledge um, and like a lot of deep Moon Knight knowledge, there's going to be fighting in this show. I think so. So that's my, I'm going to make that prediction. There will be fighting in this Moon Knight program. Yes. Do you think at any point he'll say, hey, Dracula, where's my motherfucking money? No. No? That's season two. That's season two. They're going to save it. You got to save that. You got to save the only thing people know. uh, The only thing people know Moon Knight for, they're going to have to save for season two. They're not going to make the I'm I'm the juggernaut bitch mistake in the first appearance. (laughs) God, I can't believe they did that. Do you know what's funny is that at this point that has now aged out that you wouldn't even know what the reference is anymore. It's just a line. Yeah, it's just a weird line. It's a weird line. Uh, And in fact, it might actually be charming now that it's just a weird line. Now that it's no longer a reference, now that it's just like a weird-ass line, it might just be charming. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how it plays for people that were not around for that that meme back in the day. Back in one, the of the memes. one of the earliest memes. One of the earlier memes. Yep. Prehistoric memes. All right. Yep. Any other news? Uh, one more thing. There was a Renee Elise Goldsberry has been cast as Amelia in She-Hulk. Nobody knows who Amelia is. There's a couple of different theories, um, characters from later runs of She-Hulk that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, um, but uh, she's from Hamilton. Uh, yes, pretty exciting. Uh, interesting casting. She's hopefully getting a major role. I would think so, but who knows? Who knows? But uh, it's you know, it's cool casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. We'll cool I, I also don't know who Amelia is. I mean, there's a couple of there's no there's no character name that. So yeah. there's a couple of characters that people have pointed at um, as possibilities for who she could be, yeah. including a rival lawyer with supermodel good looks who has never lost a case. Okay. Um, so that seems like a reasonable one, like the beautiful lawyer shark, like um, who is like Jennifer Walters' uh, number one foe, but not like a bad guy, but like her professional rival. That yeah. could be fun. You could sort of see that being fun. And if that's the case, this is heartening to me. Because it means there might be some law in this law program, as opposed to Daredevil, which had no law yeah. in the story about a superhero lawyer. I mean, I'm really hoping that they're taking a lot from the Dan Slott She-Hulk series. He did two series of She-Hulk, and it was a lot of law stuff where she was a lawyer for superheroes and stuff. And it was really good stuff in there. And I'd, I'd love to see them play on that and use that kind of stuff in there. Like, like there's a story where she has to... Uh, uh, she defends Star Fox in, in one storyline. You know, she defends uh, Spider-Man sues the Daily Bugle for uh, <laughs> for slander, and she she's his lawyer. And it's like real good stuff in there. And I'd be interested to see them do do something with that kind of stuff. It was a good it was a good series. Yeah, I mean, I I, I want to see law stuff. I want to see some episodic law stuff. You know, one of the things about both of the current Marvel series is that. Um, they all feel like TV episodes, each of them, each episode, which is very different from the Netflix shows where they didn't feel like TV episodes. They just began and ended. 
Yeah. Um, they just, cause they were intended to be binge watched, but every episode yeah. of both WandaVision and now Falcon Winter Soldier, whatever you think of the episode, they are structured like episodes of a TV show. Yeah, they 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 follow the three to five act structure of a show. But also, they 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 have like ending points that like no, but that's what like I mean. Like, like yeah, like okay, and then this happens, this happens, and then the fifth act cleans up everything we just went through in the right. last four acts for Winter Soldier. For right. WandaVision, it was three acts, but yeah, which is nice. It's a nice way to watch a TV show that feels like it's an actual TV show. It's pleasant. It's it pretty is pleasant. pleasant. It gives it nice paciness. You know what I mean? Like you're watching it. And you don't feel like it's a formless hour of television that's just playing out in front of you. You feel like there is a pace to it. And you feel like well, as you, things are happening, you can see the rising and falling action. You feel like with the Netflix shows, I always felt like, okay, the episode is 45 minutes. So I need – I can kind of play with my phone for 40 minutes and then in five minutes I have to pay attention because <laughs> that's when some story element's going to happen. You know. <sighs> Well, it's nice to see so some Marvel um, news pop up. We've had no yeah. Marvel news for weeks. Well, there's one more piece. Oh my God, there's Learn, more. Learning from the 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 pains of the Snyder cut, Marvel moved quickly and released the the long version of, of uh, Baron Zemo's dance for for the world. So good for them. Uh, it is uh, good. I'm glad they did it. Um, it is a real understanding how Marvel understands how this stuff works. I think in a fun way. Yeah. Um, they don't overdo it in the show, but they shot enough that, and then they had it ready to go that yeah. they, they get it. They really get it. Um, and they, and they know how to tease it out. Right. You know? Um, so I, I was very delighted to see that because I think I'd rather watch, yeah, I don't want to watch that whole sequence in the show. That might have felt no. like pandering and a little too much in the actual yeah. show. Yeah. Um, although I could have stood to see a little bit more dancing, but I, I think it was the perfect amount. I really think they hit that that right perfect for me perfectly. Well, you know, the worst case scenario is they left me wanting more, which is what you always yeah. want to do, right? Yeah. Um, and then they gave me a little bit more, and they gave it to me on Twitter, where I could just sort of. And I wonder if it'll get pop up in the show because they have gone back and they have re-edited these shows. Um, yeah. So I wonder if we'll be revisiting the show in a year and go, holy shit, this is the longer dance scene. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think, I mean, it definitely feels like, because the way that this all played out was, you know, the episode airs, people love the quick little dance beat of Baron Zemo. Uh, Daniel Brühl does an interview and he says, well, there's a longer dance. And then everyone goes, so we want to see the longer dance. And the Marvel goes, okay, here it is. And they turn this thing into like a three or four day story of a simple two second shot in the show, you know, and they really know how to play social media that way. They're really yeah. smart at it. Like Real there's good. no way when they were doing WandaVision, they didn't know that uh, it, Agatha all along would, wouldn't explode. They had to be like, yeah, that's going to, they had merch. That's going to be big. Yeah. They, they had, had merch ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They're pretty. They're, they're, they're pretty good at this shit. It turns out. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty All right, smart. We got, we got jokes. We got jokes. Go ahead. Uh, knock knock. Who's there? Spell. Spell who? W H O. How you like that? I actually uh, do like that. I'm going to use that one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> what What do you call a fake noodle? What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. What does this have to do with Marvel? It's got nothing to do with Marvel. Okay, good. Just double checking. Oh. 
Yeah, I got kids running around outside. You heard that one, did you? I did. Yeah. All right. I guess one more, and then let's go to the show. Okay. Captain America is so old. How old is he? Captain America is so old, his first pet was a T-Rex. Jiminy Crickets, man. Yeah, that one's really bad. Jiminy Crickets. The funny thing is, there's a character in the Marvel Universe who has a T-Rex as a pet. Moon Boy slash Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yes. Ugh. Underneath that joke is a picture of Cat American. He says, my first pet was a goldfish and his name was Fluffy. So there you go. This is the, I hate this joke book. I hate this joke book. <laughs> it's not even good for the show. Like they're like, they're so bad. I paid for it. The Aaron Stark book is like great. Cause it's like groaners that just use the word Padme 10 different ways. Yes. Uh, but like, this is just like, this is, I mean, Every Aaron Stark joke at least connects to Star Wars. Has a Star Wars reference. Yeah. So that's good. This book is just all over the place. Uh, and I got to keep skipping pages because there's like weird memes. It's like, now here's a meme. Go put that on the internet for me. So it's like, funny. no, these are terrible. Yeah. It's so funny. All right. You ready to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yes. Let's do it. When Captain America throws his mighty shield... It's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Season 1, Episode 4, The Whole World is Watching. We open up um, in the past six years ago, specifically, and it's Bucky in Wakanda. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter say, uh, it says Wakanda and you get excited and then it, the camera pans and it goes a forest <laughs> outside of Wakanda. <laughs> but to be fair, I don't mind that in this case, the rest no, of this episode, no. I might have some complaints about some of the locations, but this, I don't mind because what's happening here is that IO is out there with Bucky in the woods or in the jungle or whatever it is. And she is giving him the words, the, the winter soldier words. Yes, And we see how he is reacting and um, he's like flashing back to all his winter soldier bullshit. And it's quite clear that the Wakandans have removed the programming and she's giving him a final test. Yes. Yeah. And you got to do it in the woods. You got to do it in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it in the middle of the city, right? Like he's, he's an unstoppable assassin. Maybe you could, you could, I guess you could do it like in some like um, heavily fortified lab or prison. You you don't even do that because. Whoever says the words, he is then answers to. So unless they were like, they say the words and they're like, murder everybody in town, it wouldn't be a problem. Well, I guess the concern is that because they removed the programming from him, the concern is that they didn't do it right. Yeah. And they may still trigger the Winter Soldier, but maybe they removed the part that allows him to be controlled or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I think that's part of the deal. It's 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 like a rocket test. Like- you just want to be yeah, far no, enough away from civilization. Yeah, you don't want to do it around people. I, you just I, don't. It, know. it makes complete sense. It, like I didn't have an issue with that. Um, and he nice, does a great job. Yeah, Sebastian so Stan really acts his dick off in this one. Yeah, I, I was very impressed. A lot of crying, a lot of heavy crying here for him. Yeah, um, but it was like it was interesting because it starts off as like fearful crying and then turns into not joyous crying, but like. It's over crying. Relief, you know? yeah. It's, it's re- like a, a relief, but still a lot of guilt in it. And it's like, man, he really does a lot, and he doesn't say anything. And it's and really impressive. And, and we also understand he has a lot of PTSD still going on, too. Yes. We see that as these flashes yeah. are happening. Yes, she's saying the words. Even though he's not activating, 
Um, there's still like a lot going on. He's very tense. It might be hurting him in some way. It's like not really clear. Um, but it's a pretty it's a pretty good scene, and it's a nice little bit of fill in into sort of like what Bucky was up to in Wakanda. Yes, um, because you know they left him in fr- on ice, and then the next time we see him, he's just like living just in a hut. Yeah. Um, but that brings us up to date, which is that we find Bucky and Io in the alleyway where we left them last episode. And Io um, does a good classic recap. There is some classic comic book writing in here where it's like, did you forget that he blew up the UN and killed my King T'Chaka, who I am the guardian of? And you you can almost see the asterisk next to it and like underneath, (laughs) like, see, Captain America, Civil War. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really good. Dash swing and stand, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's really, I, I, but I like that. Like, I don't have a problem with that. And I think that in the world of binge watching, where it's like a 10 hour movie, they don't do stuff like that anymore. And yeah. people, I think, maybe bounce off of it a little bit. But I think it's really helpful for the, for the average viewer. I, I think it's also, yeah, it's helpful. It reminds you of what's going on and what has gone on. And, it's quite it's quite useful. I, I have found with an issue I have a lot with shows these days in them not doing that is it'll be like a year or more between seasons and then I don't remember stuff. I remember Jack you know? shit. I have too much yeah. going on in my life. And I'm not gonna do the binge before the new season, so you need to help me catch up. And yeah, the previously on is not always good enough. That's like good to get me like in the in the general gist of it, but you yeah. may need a character to say to me, like, you killed my dad. And I go, Oh, that's right, that was your dad. Oh, Oh, that's yeah. who you are. Yeah. Especially a character, frankly, like Io, who is a sec who's a tertiary character. I mean, I'm not even really a secondary character because she's like not even like the top of the door Melage. Yeah. Um, and so it'd be very easy to forget who this lady is. And so I think well, it's not, not even just forget who she is, but it's been how long ago did Civil War come out? It it Almost was a, it was like, like five years ago. Yeah, five, five, six years, however long ago it was. You can't expect everyone watching your show to be a diehard who's seen right. Captain America Civil War multiple times over the years. Somebody right. might have just seen it five years ago and not remember. Like, like they remember like, oh, yeah, uh, Zemo, he was the bad guy and he wanted to stop the super soldiers or whatever. And he right. turned Captain America versus Iron Man. They may not remember. Oh, that's right. He blew up the UN and killed the king of Wakanda. You know, it may not come up in exactly. conversation. So, so she reminds she does some good passive aggressive. She's like, oh, after all the money we spent on you, this is how you repay us. Uh, and, uh, you know, we gave you an arm. We gave you an arm. Uh, we took, the, we, we gave, gave the you a cool nickname. Give you a good nickname. And she's like, and this is what you do. You, you free Zemo. And he's like, we need him. We, we gotta, we, we gotta have him. And she's like, okay, fine. You're going to, I'm coming for him in eight hours. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so it, uh, as soon as I wasn't sure if Bucky was going to tell everybody, but first thing he does is like, Oh, they're coming to kill you in eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Everybody that, that's definitely because that is something where he may not tell everybody in a show. And I always hate when they do that kind of thing in, on TV, when there's just information they don't share just to not right. share it, you know, like there's no reason not to. So right. I'm glad that he just walks in. And he's like, Hey, they're here and they hate you and they're going to kill you. And then they have an argument uh, because they see that the Flag Smashers have attacked this GRC depot and they've killed some people. And yes. um, Zemo is like, what are you going to do when this kid is found? You gonna, do, you have, do you have what it takes to do what needs to be done? And so like, no, no, we can make this peaceful. And Zemo's like, no, you cannot make this peaceful because super soldiers are supremacists. That's, it is supremacy. That is, is the premise of 
a super soldier. Yeah. Um, they are better than other people. That's the whole idea of it. And created um, by the Nazis. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, it's all, it's inherently corrupting. And Sam's like, yeah, but it never corrupted Steve. And Zemo's like, ah, oh, yeah, but there's never been another Steve Rogers, has there? Except um, there has. I mean, Bucky. Bucky was no. not corrupted by the serum. Bucky was brainwashed. It's hard to say. He was brainwashed. It's not because he, there's secret words you need to use to make him go and be evil. The secret words to use to go make him under your control. Um, Bucky's a very violent guy in a way that Steve never was. Bucky's a shoot first, ask questions guy later. And he actually always was. That's what the, one of the things that um, Ed Brubaker retconned about Bucky in the comics yep. that they carried over here into the movies is that Bucky was always Captain America's wet works guy. Yes. So Cap will go out the shield and Bucky had the sniper rifle be popping somebody's head off while Cap is out there duking it out. And yep. um, that's which always they show the briefly in the first Captain America movie. In which we see, I think, a flash of it, I think, in this. Don't we have, like, as part of his flashbacks? We might have. I don't, I don't um, But um, – I think that even though Sam was, I mean, I'm sorry, Bucky was uh, mind controlled as the Winter Soldier. He's still a very violent man, and yes. we see that even now that he's no longer the Winter Soldier. He still is like he's well, there was a bit in, in uh, Madripoor when when uh, Zemo's like, look how easily he slips right back in. Right, and the whole thing with yeah. the with the psychiatrist, where it's like, what's rule number two? What's rule number two? Like that's like, yeah. we're we're letting you know that like it's not corrupted, Bucky, but Bucky is not Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers is the best possible guy to ever have this. As Doctor Erskine said, he's not necessarily a good soldier, but he's a good man. Yes, and yeah. none of these other guys are good men. However, this episode's going to spend a lot of time. Building up the idea that perhaps Sam is a good man. Um, yes. So that's what the that's what this conversation is sort of laying the groundwork for. So um, they decide that they uh, need to figure out with the next steps how to find Carly. They know that there's going to be um, Sam assumes that Mama Donia is going to have a big funeral because his yes. his TT had a big funeral. Um, that's a weird scene, weird bit in the episode. I'm not clear what they were trying to do with that bit. I think they're just trying to make um, Bucky seem like he's terrifically out of touch. I guess it just it felt very strange. They wanted to give him a little bit of banter, I think, and they wanted to make Bucky feel like a little bit out of touch. They think they hit the, um, hey, this is a guy from the 1940s, right? Like all of this like ethnic stuff would be right over his fucking head, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I think that that you know I don't I don't know that it worked, but I think that's what they're trying to do. Okay. That's mine. That's mine. I, I, I don't. Th- I don't think it worked. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily worked either. Um, but so they decided that they're going to have to figure out where uh, Mama, Mama Danya's, uh funeral is going to be. So they go to the refugee courtyard and <laughs> they start asking around. I like this scene a lot because um, neither Sam or Bucky are any good at this. No, no, they're very bad. They they are not spies. Not only are they not spies, they don't seem to have quite the person-to-person skills necessary. Yes. Like, yeah. I, again, you know, the specter of Steve Rogers hangs heavy over this episode. Yeah. I suspect that Steve Rogers could have showed up and gotten an answer out of somebody um, with his own weird charm and his own, like, way. Do you know what I mean? I think Sam's trying to do that, but Sam doesn't know how to do it. Sam calls the guy a refugee. I think Steve would yeah. know better than to call the guy a refugee. Stuff like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. So as like Bucky Luckily, is- Luckily though, for Sam, this underground terrorist network has painted their logo on everything. 
So he knows that he's in the right place because he it's, looks at the the box, you know, the filing box, and it's, it's got like, it's like a sewing the, kit. The I think. Smash, it's like a sewing kit with the flag smashers logo on it. The monitor, the back of the monitor, has got it on there, and it's like you guys are really bad at working undercover, like well, like, like under, know, under the the ninth year. I'm gonna say two things. One, it's very comic booky, so I appreciate that. Um, and two, yeah, it's very Cobra. That's for sure. I suspect that the flag smashers, if I had to guess, are Antifa. They're MCU Antifa, which means that there's not really a leadership necessarily. Carly is like running this cell, but like, I bet that this means that people all over the earth identify yes. as flag smashers and, um, you know, on Twitter probably have like some things they put in their profile you know what I mean? Like that identifies I them maybe, as a flag smasher. The, the, the show has made it seem very much like Carly is in charge of the flag smashers. So this Carly's, is her and her her gang's thing. I mean, she's definitely in charge of um, these super soldiers. But I think that the first time we met them at that um, flash mob scene, I think gives across sort of what probably the flag smashers are more like. Like she, yeah. like these, these, these was it eight guys that she has. Um, she runs this cell, right? And it's probably, this is the main cell. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I don't think there's like other cells of this type out there. This is the main cell. But again, I think it's probably like, like the rest of this probably like Antifa where it's like, if you say that you're a flag smasher, guess what? You're a flag smasher. And also guess what? You can go on Redbubble and buy a flag smasher t-shirt and you can also get a sticker for your MacBook and you can also put one on your coffee cup. Do you know what I mean? Like I suspect it's like that to some extent. Um, where again, she's the people that are actually doing shit because even in the world of Antifa, there's like a couple of people who are actually doing things. Yes. And then there's a lot of people who are just sort of like LARPing. Yeah. Um, uh, where I wonder if we're going to get yelled at for that. Um, so you, I didn't say you said it. Uh, so Sam is like, you know, trying to talk to this teacher and he uses the wrong word. Um, Bucky is just like on, it is absolutely incapable there's- of having a conversation with the person. Yeah, I mean, fairness to Bucky, he spent the majority of the last like seventy years frozen or murdering people, so he doesn't have great social skills. But he just walks up to random people, is like Donya Dadanya, Donya Dadanya. Well, he has like big, he's like big cop energy. You know what I mean? Like, there's like no sense of trying to engage with them as people. Sam is trying to engage with them as people, but he is not quite capable of doing it. He doesn't quite have the have it down, which is weird. Because they do mention later on, they bring up later on, they remind us that Sam was a social worker for uh, soldiers with PTSD. So you no, would think he would know yeah. to no. you, to watch his words. I agree. I don't think that he – I think that Sam is approaching this um, as uh, he's not bringing his skill set to it. I think later on he realizes to bring his skill set to it. Do you know okay. what I mean? I think yeah. people have skill sets and they don't always think to bring that skill set into the thing they're doing right now. They don't always understand the way that that skill set can work for them. And so he might be coming in here with his military training and trying to do like, uh, you know, the big military guy who's like, Hey, I'm here to win your hearts and minds. Yeah. Um, As opposed to actually contacting their hearts and minds. Yeah. Um, But that's what Zemo does. Zemo finds some kids and he gives them Turkish (laughs) delight. Zemo does the creepy guy thing where he walks up singing like a children's song, Baba which Black right Sheep. there, Baba Black Sheep. Anytime a man is walking up to children singing a children's song, that's when you call the police, first and foremost. <laughs> that is a very bad sign. Then he pulls out a old brown bag full of candy. That's when you just 
pull the kids away, like get them away from him. But nobody, nobody's in the courtyard except for the kids and him. So I guess that's how that works out. But I it's very uncomfortable. Uh, but it's very smart because it really works. He gets, he gets to, in, in, first of all, Turkish delight sucks. This is the first thing we have to say. Turkish delight is terrible fucking candy. And Chronicles of Narnia had me convinced because Edmund sold out his whole fucking family for some Turkish delight. And yeah. I thought for sure it must be an amazing candy. It is trash. Maybe they really like it in Europe. They love it in Europe. Don't get okay. me wrong. It's yeah. a popular candy in some parts of the world. I think it's that this Zemo's is Zemo's son's favorite candy. It's Zemo's son's favorite candy. I suspect that this is actually actually is a Narnia reference. I hard for me to imagine throwing Turkish delight in here and not expecting this kind of audience to make a Narnia uh, connection. Okay. Um, and you know, the White Queen in um, Narnia pretends to be nice to. Uh, suck up to Edmund. And so he's pretending to be nice to suck up to this kid. But it works, though, because he's able to not only get information, he uh, gets her to help him later. And he does the very smart thing of saying, those other men are bad men. Don't tell yes. them what you just told me. Yeah. He wants to control the the information. That's the important thing. For Leverage! Yes, he says <laughs> yes, he, he, he spent his time watching uh, Battlefield Earth. So he knows all about it. Um, so they go back thinking they don't have any real, uh, direction and Sam, uh, makes the Hail Mary pass of calling Sharon and she asks, he asks for help and she tells him, first of all, the power broker is losing his fucking mind because Nagel's dead. Yeah. And she says that things are really tense in Madripoor and probably going to go real ugly, uh, because the power broker is so mad. Um, and then she says, okay, I can task two satellites to help you out. Yes. Which I think really just confirms my theory from last episode that she's still a fucking spy. We'll see. We'll it just see. feels like, come on, she's definitely not a fucking art dealer. Well, she's an illegal art dealer. She can task satellites that easily? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. No, it doesn't make any sense. Now, could she be the power broker? I guess. At this point, I don't think that it makes a lot of sense, but I mean, I guess it could be. Um, yeah. I think that she's just still a fucking spy. She's in fact a spy whose job is to get the power broker. Yeah. That's her, yeah. that's her, that's her fucking thing. So, um, meanwhile, Carly and, uh, uh, what's his her name? Gang. And her, well, her boy, uh, uh, doomed man, the yes. doomed man go to the cemetery and because there's super soldier serum in the cemetery and it's at his grandfather's grave. His grandfather yeah, fought in the resistance. Secret grave purse. I like that. Uh, I like that yeah. too. I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, that's again, really like old school spy feel to it. Yeah. It's really like fun. It. Yeah. it doesn't make any sense, but it's really fun. Yeah. And they had this whole conversation where he's like, listen, I grew up really loving Captain America. And in fact, my death at his hands later on this episode will be incredibly ironic. Um, And uh, he says, but, you know, the original Captain America was like a good guy. And I think that I didn't think anybody could fill his shoes. But then I met you and I think that you're a good person and you can uh, be a good guy, a a good Captain America, because you understand the feelings of the common people. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, you know, I, 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 I like that. I like that a lot. It's a, it's a good scene also. We, and then we get, um, Carly putting all her super soldier serum into a fanny pack. Yes. I'm not the secure method of transport that I would assume you would do, I would but think that the super soldier serum would have to be kept in like a specific temperature and stuff like that kind Apparently of thing. Apparently not. Apparently no, you can, can just, hang out you room just leave it in a grave. 
<laughs> and then throw in a fanny pack. pack. Yeah, throw I love in a it. fanny pack. I kind of love it's, that though. Like in another movie, they would have to open like some kind of briefcase that would have, like smoke coming out of it, like a cryogenic yeah. briefcase. But here she yeah. just throws it in a fucking fanny pack. At the end. Yeah, it's just versatile. It's all good. Um, and then we cut to another scene that I I have a problem with this scene. And it's uh, Bucky, Sam, and Zemo are walking down the street, and then um, John Walker and Lamar Hoskins just walk up, walk up to them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, the problem that I have with this scene. Is, is that they they just shoo away how they know where they are? I don't mind that, right? So John Walker has the power of the U.S. government behind him. I don't, you know, he says, "Do you think that some Avengers showing up in Lafayette wasn't going to get a notice?" I, that's fine. I, I I can buy that. They have if Sharon Carter can track track him on a satellite later on. There's no reason why he couldn't track them on a satellite. Right? I, I have zero problem with that. Yeah. All right. um, the problem that I have is that it's just dopey that they're all having this conversation while walking down the street, it's, and it's. <laughs> There's a reason why in comic books they do this shit on rooftops. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very um, CW feeling. Yeah, it really is, right? It yeah. really is Although a CW. In CW, they would always do this kind of thing in like their lair or whatever. They wouldn't just do it in the middle of the street with other people walking around. But yeah, there's a very like weird aspect of it where it's like, this is just everyday conversation, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's... It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It, it should be on the rooftops. These characters should be traveling via rooftops. Well, it should have been, although I guess, do they go to the, I guess they go to the funeral first, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So forget my idea. What? I was going to say, they should have been just like, they they go back to Zemo's place and and they're waiting there. They're, no, they have another confrontation in Zemo's place later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but just now, like in the comics, again, like this scene would have a hundred percent taken place on a rooftop. These characters yes. have been running from rooftop to rooftop. And then John Walker would have shown up coming from a different yeah. rooftop. And I feel like that's what this should have been. Like, I can't imagine that it's that much more expensive to shoot on top of a building in Prague than it is to shoot in the street. I would not think so. I right. I mean, so. And you want the city in the background. Like, I guess the fear is that people would recognize that it's not Riga, but like who, no offense to the good folks <laughs> of Riga, but look, I'm not really sure anybody would really recognize that. Look, we, we've spent decades watching Vancouver stand in for New York. I think it's yeah. okay if Budapest stands in for Riga. Well, this is Prague, I think, not Budapest. Or Prague, wherever they are, it's fine. Like, um, no one's going to freak out. So they had this whole argument and then um, – uh, you know, Walker just wants to just take Zemo right now. And they're like, no, 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 he's our buddy now. We love him. And yeah. um, then they uh, find the girl and Zemo goes and has the girl lead them to the funeral. And John Walker has the best response. He goes, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He is twitchy as shit. He is so fucking twitchy. He is yes. really like on edge. Yeah. And I think that he knows this whole fucking thing is getting out from underneath them. And I know that, and I think that he is twitchy because of that. And he's twitchy because, um, they've been a step behind the whole time, him and, and, and Battlestar. And, and yeah, they're a step behind every single time. And Captain America's two best friends don't respect him. I think this is yeah. a big source of the endless twitchiness. His, the Cap's two best friends just do not respect him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they go to the funeral and I guess they wait outside in the, Boiler room? The, I don't even know what is. Well, the, the funeral is in a factory. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, the, 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 the funeral is. This place has a bunch of big rooms where we're going to film the rest of the episode. 
<laughs> it's what it is. So this is this section of it, and this is that section of it, and every place we go is basically this or Zemo's uh, base now. I mean, I you feel know, like it's it. one building they just do in different, like because there's a scene yeah, around yeah. with the characters. That's what I'm saying. The flag smashers yeah. are standing around, but I'm like, I don't think it's supposed to be one building, though. I think it's, no, it's not supposed to be, but that's definitely what it is. It really feels like it, right? It's like yeah, really yeah. like it feels like it's a claustrophobic. Like, like yeah. if if you're in LA and you ever go to Lacey Studios. The first floor is a bar. The second floor is a courtroom. And it's like, that's how they have that. Or at least when I was there, that's how they had that place set up like 20 years ago. I don't even know if Lacey Studios is still open. But like, yeah, it's just like, oh, this is our, you know, our factory. Like, it, this was just an empty factory. I'll guarantee. Like, this is just an empty building. It's just an empty building. That, yeah. yeah. That they were like, okay, we can use the basement for the scene when Zemo fights her. And we can use this room over here for this bit. It was probably like... Like a bathhouse or a gym kind of place or something. It's probably just a big. It looked to me like a big. It might have been a school. It could have been like a, a like a boarding like school, an empty school or yeah. a weird apartment complex. It's like an elevator yeah. in the background in a couple of shots. Um, yeah. I mean, this is my biggest problem with the episode. Is that I? This is a problem I had last week too. Was that the locations just seem like garbage and yeah, um, they are so meaningless. Um, and they offer nothing. There's nothing going on in these locations. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much of this is COVID related. The less they move around, the easier it is to shoot. I'm sure it's all just budget, frankly. Like you get like one big empty building that has like three different locations that you can shoot in. The problem though becomes that when Carly and the Flag Smashers have a, have a meeting later on, you're like, wait, are they just outside the fucking room? This feels like they're just <laughs> outside the room. I, this doesn't yeah. like they've gone anywhere. Like it's like, it just yeah. doesn't, it, anyway. The, so the complaints about the locations, which I'm, I'm suspect I'm going to have for this whole series, they just, just shoot the shit on stages, man. But anyway, um, they the funeral happens, and Sam is going to go talk to Carly alone, and um, Walker wants nothing to do with it, and he's like so mad about it. Uh, but they talk him into it. He uh, Walker um, chains uh, Zemo to a boiler. Yep. Uh, as Zemo fights him, and Zemo's like aggressive, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and again, Walker is like fucking twitchy. He is like rubbing he's, his eyes and shit. Yeah. He is like, yeah, really? Like, you got 10 minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. And he's uh, looking also, at a brand new clock on the wall. <laughs> also, he hasn't shaved. Yes. He's got stubble. Yeah. Always a bad sign. Yes. Um, so Sam, uh, goes up and finds Carly alone in there. And, um, well, she, she's given the eulogy and but he it, watches her give the eulogy. And then he waits around till everybody leaves. Yes. Which seems like it'd be way longer than 10 minutes. Way longer than 10 minutes, you think, right? I mean, 100% way longer than 10 minutes. I, I thought that. I thought even, that. even the body is gone. They've carried the body out. Yeah. So uh, it really does have that feeling of like, everyone's like, okay, I'm fucking out of here. All right. Yeah. She's dead. Uh, she's dead, but I'm not. So I'm going to go live my life. Um, so Sam has a good scene with her, and they have a discussion where Sam's like, listen, I get, I get where you're coming from. I actually agree with you. Like, the stuff that you're saying makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense to me personally. I, you know, understand this. This is where I'm coming from. You know, why am I not dealing with the real problems in the world? My sister is asking that exact same question because yeah. we have real problems at home and I'm here fucking around with you guys. Which which it feels like she knows what his problems are, which I don't have a problem with because we saw earlier that one of her guys is like super hacker. So right. I would imagine they would look into, you know, hey, let's find out more about the people that are chasing us. So I don't have a problem with it, but it definitely feels like she knows that his family is having money problems because she says they're trying to take your house too. Right. 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 So – so she she's aware she's got a lot of info on him. 
which is very good. So, you know, last episode there was of this show, there were some people on Twitter afterwards who were complaining, like, why is it that they make all of these characters, these villains, be like, right, and then make them do something violent out of nowhere? Yeah. And the answer, one, is they're the villains. Um, and if they were just right, we would never meet them. Because yes. Falcon and Soldier would have nothing to do with her if she was just running a if she very was peaceful- Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, there'd right. be no problem. Right, yeah. exactly. Or she was like, or she was Greta Thunberg. You know what I mean? Like they're not yeah. gonna come beat up Greta Thunberg. You know, um, <laughs> that would be a fucking wild episode of this show. <laughs> Let's go get that Nordic girl. <laughs> Just yeah. fucking, fucking Winter Soldier fucking punches her with a goddamn metal arm. God, that'd be crazy. It's like Big Oil sends its regards. Uh, <laughs> Ike Perlmutter, who uh, the president of Marvel, uh, says vote Trump, MAGA twenty twenty four. But uh, mm. like that's what you would you would a you wouldn't meet the characters because our guys only deal with, with criminals and the premise of these stories like in Black Panther like in this like in a, like like in the original Zemo in Civil War the premise is oh shit this guy's got a point however the way that he's going about making the point is really troubling and that's the yes. argument that she has with Sam and Sam brings yeah. that to her attention it's like listen I actually agree with you and I would love to help you with this but the problem is you are currently killing people. And you're going to probably kill more people. And this is a problem that I just cannot, I cannot allow to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam does say one thing that's very weird. What? He says, it's not a better place if you're killing people. It's just different. But that's literally all the Avengers do. That's their entire MO. Well, you know, <laughs> so- this is the thing. I don't disagree, right? And I think it speaks to sort of the one of the things about superheroes in these worlds is that they are essentially status quo defenders. They're not actually changing the world. And I think that's actually what the premise always was with these characters. They're not meant to change the world. They're meant to just protect it. And the problem is that as the world goes on and we look at it, we start to really see the problems with it. And the question starts to become, is this world even worth protecting? Like, is this system worth protecting? Like what's worth protecting here? Um, And so that becomes the interesting philosophical problem for these superheroes um, because they're not going to use their power to stop the big corporations, the ones that really are hurting people on a major scale, then are they in fact not just helping them? And that's an interesting argument. And that's not necessarily one they're having here, but it's quite close to the one that they're having here yes um yeah. and I mean, it goes I, back to my question of like why didn't tony stark give renewable energy to, to the entire world right like it's just very weird for him to not do that but like, nah, forget it <laughs> and then walk away it's funny because these are unanswerable questions because they're tied into the very nature of superhero stories yeah. um you, he can't do that because once he does that it's not the real world anymore and once yeah. it's not the real world anymore we start going too many steps away from the real world we're not interested in it anymore. The premise is supposed to be – this is the reason why um, the Alex Ross, Kirk Busiek comic Marvels has such a place in the imagination because you do want to have this imagination – the idea that you could look out your window one day and Spider-Man swings by. Yes. But right. like if Spider-Man swinging by between flying cars, zero emission flying cars, you feel less like you're going to be able to look out your window and see that. Sure, sure. You always want these worlds to reflect the world that we're living in. And the longer they go on with more super geniuses, the harder that is to explain away. Yes, except for, uh, what's his name? Sauron in Marvel. Right, he has that whole thing. He's like, I don't want to cure cancer. I want to do this. (laughs) I want to to turn people into dinosaurs. (laughs) Uh, So, But that is the number one problem in comic books, and especially in a universe like Marvel, where it has a sliding, even if it's a sliding scale 
timeline of like 10 to 15 years, that's still long enough for Reed Richards and Tony Stark to both do some important work that is not about like having aliens invade us from the negative zone every six weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But- it, it's, it's definitely weirder when it's somebody like Tony Stark who owns a business. Like, like Peter Parker, one of the things they always did very well with Spider-Man was Peter Parker doesn't realize how useful his webs could be to the world. It just doesn't occur to him. So he doesn't think, oh, there's I can sell this and become a billionaire and blah, 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 blah. And that's why Peter Parker doesn't really think of anything. But he's got the low confidence in himself kind of deal. But like Mr. Fantastic, his whole thing is like I, I fund the Fantastic Four by having millions of patents for right. things like the Fantastic Car. And like, like, it's like, well, where is this stuff? That's weird. Right. But there's no way. That you know. It just can't. You can't have a world yeah. where everybody's driving Fantastic Cars around because they just – now you're in full science fiction and it isn't the same. It isn't what we really want. We really we want to see a, an understandable, relatable world. Um, yeah. So they have this argument. It's a pretty good one. And I actually think my only problem with the whole scene is that Sam says, you know, Zemo thinks you're a supremacist. And she's like, what the fuck, Dad? I'm the opposite of a supremacist. And then he starts talking about all the people that she killed. She goes, they, she said, they, they were weren't innocent. Books. They were roadblocks on my journey. And I think she goes from zero to 62 fast here. I think that would be my problem with this entire episode is everything is zero to 60 too fast. I think the rest episode. of it, I think I'm fine with zero to 60. I think in this particular I, I case, she's zero to 60 a little bit fast. Um, I, w- I would like to have had her um, get more agitated uh, along yeah. the way. Um, yeah. But as this happens, um, John Walker busts in like a total <laughs> douchebag and is like, you're the rest. And uh, there's a big fight and uh, there's a chase. And uh, as they're running around, Zemo off camera has not only gotten himself out of his uh, handcuffs, he has got himself a gun. Yes. Not clear where he got the gun from. I love it. I love that he just has one. I love this. I, I really like I like I mean, Zemo. He searched his pockets, so it's just in his coat probably, he, I mean, right? Who like, knows? I don't know where he got it from, but Zemo has evil Batman energy, right? I mean, that's his whole yeah. deal. He's evil Batman. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're basically writing him as at this point. And he shoots her. He shoots um, Carly. And um, as she gets shot, her um, fanny pack opens and all of the yes. super soldier serum falls out. And so this, I like. I what? love this. I love that Zemo just walks up and starts smashing all of it. I loved it. I Because I was like, oh, are they going to have him. Get tempted. Get tempted. That's what I thought. Yeah. He's not even tempted. It's not even nope. a second. Not a moment. Nope. Just starts smashing it. I it loved it. Fucking absolutely rules. It totally yep. rules. It really is great. It's really good character business for him. I think it, um, it makes him a better villain because he has true ideals. Yes. Truly believes in what he's saying. He is not yes. just in it for like power or whatever. He fundamentally believes what he's saying. And yes. that's the scariest bad guy, the fanatic who truly believes his, his own thing. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so as he was doing this, uh walker comes in and fucking knocks him the fuck out so hard with almost the shield. murders him <laughs> probably almost kills him with the shield to the neck yeah 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 it, pretty it is great um so uh carly gets away but um as she takes off um walker spots one remaining vial that is yeah. fallen over by a fan it looks like i think dun, dun, dun. and he puts it in his velcro pocket yes he says oh my precious it's, it's my birthday precious Yes. Uh, and uh, die. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the flag smashers, I guess, go to the balcony. That's this is the scene where they just like they meet on a balcony, and it looks like it's right outside. Like there's no sense that we've traveled any distance or we're in no. any different location. No. Um. 
but as they're talking about the fact that all the rest of the vials are destroyed, um, and they're like, oh, we're fucked. Like, yeah, but no, we're still pretty strong. Uh, they get a text from the power broker, and he's like, I get these fucking vials back to me, or I am going to fucking kill you. Yes. And they know that they are in a lot of trouble here. Uh oh. And so uh, Carly says, you know what? Let's let's get Sam and Bucky separated, and we can kill Captain America. Yeah. Um. So we so, go, we go back to Z- House House Zemo, and uh, Zemo's making he's making cherry tea. Yes. Um, no, 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 no. no he's earlier. laying on the. Yeah, he's laying on the. Oh, he's laying on the. He's laying. He's laying down. He's laying down yeah, with the ice pack. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he asked Sam, "Would you? Were you ever offered the serum? And, and would Sam, you take it if you were offered?" Yeah. Well, first Sam says, "No, I was never offered it." And then he's like, "Hypothetically, would you have taken it?" And Sam says, "No." And he's like, oh, "You answered right away without hesitation." Uh, Interesting. And Bucky is like, "Listen, this new Cap is just like he's crazy, and I know because I'm I'm crazy, so I know that yes. he's crazy. I crazy crazy recognize crazy." Um, and then as he says that, John Walker busts in. Uh, he's like, "I'm here to fucking take Zemo. I'm here to fucking take it." And I'm here to fight Sam. And like, it's like a whole fucking like macho bullshit thing. Yeah. Uh, and then um, right in the middle is bang. There's a vibranium spear. And the Dora Milaje show up. Yes. And uh, John Walker's like, you have no jurisdiction here. And Io says the the line of the episode. The Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje find themselves to be. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's like so the good. fucking line. So good. <laughs> I question the legality of it, but I think it fucking not rules. legal at all. Definitely not legal at all. It but totally rules. It's good stuff. And then Walker does like this, like total like douchebag thing, like where like puts a hand on her, and then yeah. it's just it's done. Like he is like fucking done. Well, this uh, is great because then the, he starts fighting the Dora Milaje, and they start beating and the shit. They're out of him. beating the crap out of him, and. Sam turns to, to Bucky. He's like, you got to do something about this. And Bucky go, just goes, okay, looking strong, John. So <laughs> I good. Loved it. I loved it. <laughs> That's my favorite line of the episode. Looking strong, John. Um, <laughs> it's so good. So they really, um, yeah, they were just watching while, um, while Battlestar and, and Cap get beat by the Dormelage. But then they finally decide they have to get in and they yeah. try to like break it up. And um, this does not go well for anybody. Um, because uh, Io just makes Bucky's arm fall off. Yeah, that was weird. I loved it. It's very weird. It makes so much sense. It makes complete sense, but it was just weird that it's like, oh, if I just touch it right at the front, it falls off. No, but she does like a bunch of moves. It's like one of those, it looks like one of those like um, like, like Hong Kong Kung Fu movie yeah. moves, like where they like like tap you on the chest 11 times and then you die. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what it was. The demock I mean? death touch. Yeah, exactly. And so it isn't yeah. just like anybody would touch him on his chest. You got to hit him in these exact seven spots, yeah. and uh, the arm falls right off. My problem that I had is I don't understand how how Bucky's sleeve works. Well, it, it's it falls out of the sleeve, but then the sleeve is tucked into the into the hole. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, and then when he puts the arm back it's on, there's a sleeve confusing. again. I don't really yeah, understand. It's how very the confusing. Works. The sleeve is a little confusing. I have some real sleeve continuity problems. It makes the episode a stinker, frankly. The sleeve yeah. continuity problems. And I think I'm probably quitting the show. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about. Zero to sixty too fast. We did not learn sleeve dynamics. There's no sleeve dynamics at all. This is crazy. What? No. Are, yeah, come on. You can't just introduce this kind of sleeve to the audience and expect us to no. just get it. He's got, he's got magic sleeve, magic magnet sleeve. What's going on? My favorite bit in this fight is. Um, uh, I, I think it's Io throws her spear and catches John Walker's shield through the strap. Yes, and it's such a it's like such a badass fucking throw. 
Like it's because yeah, it's, it's awesome. like because she she obviously meant to do that. Like it is not like an oh wow good thing I got the strap. She oh, no, is disarming was, him while not yeah. harming him. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, amazing. She, I mean, they're smart enough to know like hey, if we kill Captain America, that's going to be problematic. Well, I think also yeah, they're just not going to kill these kinds of guys. Yeah, I think that's yeah. not their deal. Um, so uh, you know. They with the situation calmed down, they take off, and John Walker um, has been. Well, well, as they're fighting, Zemo gets himself a drink. Right, he gets a drink, and then he hangs walks into the bathroom. Right, and then after she stops John Walker, she goes into the bathroom and sees that the grate is like the sewer grate, and the floor of the bathroom is open. Zemo is gone. Right, so there's no reason for the Dormalaje to be there anymore because they're just here for Zemo, and so they take off, and John Walker is like, they're not even super soldiers. Yeah, he's real pouty. He's real pouty because you know what it is? He's a true bitch. And uh, so he is fundamentally uh, absolutely humiliated. I mean, yeah. like next level humiliated. This episode is just John Walker getting pantsed again and again and again and again. Yeah. Um, and so he is at um, – he then goes off with uh, Lamar to go get some coffee. I guess at a train station. I can't figure out what this location is. Um, and they have this conversation, like a, like a mall of some sort. Is it a mall? I thought it was a train station. I wasn't sure. Um, and so they, you know, while they're there, like somebody um, comes and recognizes them and gets a yes. signature. Uh, I don't believe this would happen in real life in in Riga, but for the premises of the show, I understand the concept here that they're reinforcing to us that he's a celebrity and not a superhero. Yeah, because in this conversation, he says to Lamar, like, hey, would you, so would you take the serum if you had the chance? And Lamar's like, fuck, yes, I would. Yeah. And he says, you're not worried it would like make you like bad or whatever. And Lamar says, what your power just makes you more of what you already are, um, which is true and also very yeah. troubling in the case of John Walker. And then he says, imagine how many lives we could have saved that day if we had the serum. Yes, because they're talking like- about the battle in Afghanistan. That won him three medals of honor, yeah. Which I believe is a thing that cannot happen. I think you cannot win three medals of honor for one battle. I think it you get a medal of honor un- for unlikely. The I don't. I don't know enough about army to say, but it seems unlikely. I'm joining army, mother. Yes, I'm joining army. But I, I mean, this was my thought because when he said that, I was like, like you got three medals of honor for that day, and he's like the worst day of my life. And I was like, can you get three medals of honor for one day? And I was like, well, an album can go like triple platinum. So maybe it's like that. <laughs> I don't think it's how it works. I'm not sure. Well, you killed three million guys, so he's triple yeah. medal of honor. Uh, I don't think that's how it works. I, I suspect you cannot get three medals of honor for one um, incident. I suspect you would need to have three different incidents. Um, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? The yeah. important thing is that he is really bummed out because these medals of honor that he got, they feel phony to him because the whatever happened in that battle, he doesn't feel like it was the right thing. And he feels like they did bad things in Afghanistan and in that battle that he does yeah. not sleep necessarily well with the memories of whatever they had to do um, in this battle. And yeah. so getting the medals for it feels phony and it's a reminder of how bad it was. But Captain America offers him the opportunity to finally do something good. Yes. Um, so uh, he's, you know, this is when he decides that he is going to, in fact, take the serum. The serum. Yep. So meanwhile, Carly gets on the phone and calls Sarah, Sam's sister. And um, Sarah really insists that um, Sam is not working for the new Captain America. And this seems to actually convince Carly, which is nice, um, because Carly truly believes that he, Sam is like in league with new Cap. 
Yeah. Um, and then they had this whole conversation and um, Carly's like, I don't need you to tell Sam to meet up with me. And, you know, otherwise maybe I'll meet up with you at the docks behind the house, you know, like giving that whole, like, I know where you live and I know what's going on over there. And yeah. also maybe I can meet up with two kids, whatever their names are, you know, Craig and Johnny or whatever. Um, and uh, so sure those are not their names. Those names are probably not Craig and Johnny. I don't remember their names. Um, so, uh, Sarah does it. Sarah gets up to Sam and says, uh, here's where you got to meet up with them, but you got to go alone. This is Carly's whole plan is to tell Sam to come alone. Yes. I, I have a way to get them separated. I'll tell them to come alone. <laughs> <laughs> Carly, Carly is not super soldier serum does not make you a master strategist. Let me tell you no. that. Like no. when she says, I have a plan to separate them. You're thinking like, Oh, she's going to like do a thing that only the winter soldier is going to respond to. Or like, he's going to yeah. feel like he has to respond to leaving nope. Sam. On his own. No, she just says, come by yourself. Yeah. Well, and then I, he does I like it. it because she's not, she's not a master strategist. She's right. a, a, a woman in her twenties. Yeah. You know, who like, was raised by by uh, uh, she was orphaned. It seems I, I'm guessing she was orphaned in the blip. Maybe I'm not clear on that. I don't. I think she's. I think she probably was maybe orf- orphaned before that. She seems like she might have been some kind of a refugee or something like that before that, or in not yeah. good financial shape. And then the blip happened, and she found herself in a better situation. Because that's one of the things that we talk about in this episode is the idea that during the blip, all of a sudden, people had houses to live in and there were jobs. I mean, Thanos's plan worked. Right. There was enough resources for everyone. Right. Cause all of a sudden the borders all fell down, not because things were bad, but because we needed people moving because yeah. half of every country disappeared. So there was all these large, some countries just all of a sudden found themselves without the proper amount of people to keep the system running. Yeah. And so there were opportunities for people that never existed and open, arms were wide open. And then when the, when people returned, all these borders went back up and the old systems returned and people found themselves truly fucked. All of a sudden they had moved into this beautiful house and lived there for five years. And then the, the, not only did the owner come back, which was already a problem, but they were now in a country that didn't need them anymore. And yeah. so they were kicked out. And so that's yeah. where these millions of refugees are or displaced persons, I guess. Probably uh, billions. Nothing they yeah. say. They say millions. There's millions of people on the globe. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, it's a big fucking deal. Um, so uh, she has Sam meet up with her. Says, "Meet me alone." He doesn't. Bucky will not leave him alone. Bucky goes with him. Bucky Bucky's does like, like like. I know you have to go alone, Mister Frodo. And I'm going with you. I like though when uh, Sam goes and talks to her. Bucky like does like the like mafia bodyguard thing. Yeah. Like where he stands like 30 feet away, but like constantly like Skin paying attention night. and pacing. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, but uh, so they have this whole conversation and, uh, you know, it's another, it's, just, it's, it's the same conversation again. It's like, I don't want to hurt you. It'd be meaningless. You know, the optics are bad. Like, I, you know, that's not what I want. Like, I want to help the world. And she's like, so either join me or do the world a favor and let's let me go do my shit. Yeah. And as they're having this conversation, um, Sharon gets on the phone or on the um the on bracelet the, the bracelet yeah. more specifically says i found walker um and uh he's coming to you he's coming he's coming to a there's we know where he's coming and uh so uh so um there's like a bit of a fight uh this is a pretty good fight like sam flies off and like um bucky jumps down and like carly jumps and nails him in the fucking face yes that was awesome it was a really good and, job. And, and her mask magically appears on her face just in time yeah it sure sure does um yep. and uh sam uh flies out and uh 
busts into this like skylight and I guess the same building. I don't even know where anything is. It's just no sense. Of it's where very confusing. Yeah. Anyway, in here, uh, John Walker and Lamar are running around and they're fighting guys and Lamar gets like um, knocked out and abducted. Well, they're not even fighting guys. They're like sneaking up the stairs. Right. And for whatever reason, Captain Mark is like, Lamar, you go first. I'm just going to stand here for a minute. <laughs> Mar goes up and you're like, Cat <laughs> goes up and he's like, what? He's gone. Like, why'd you just stand in the stairwell for a minute, buddy? What were you doing? Seems dangerous. You take points. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm the guy with the indestructible shield. You go first. <laughs> so, um, so Cap starts looking for Lamar, can't find him, runs into some flag smashers, super soldiers, and has a fight. And it becomes quickly apparent that he has taken the super soldiers here. Does he have super hearing? He might. He, he stands there after smashing through a door, right? He stands there for a minute and he closes his eyes. And then like, you hear like, ding, 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 and then he goes running off. And I was like, does, does super sol- do super soldiers have super hearing? I, I don't know. I would assume all of his faculties are at the top human peak Everything he has, his eyesight, his hearing, his taste. He's a super taster. Um, yeah. I would assume it's all peak human performance. That's just Captain America's peak human performance. He, he's as, yeah. as good at these things as a human can be. I think also that when he closes his eyes, it's a little bit of his like – he's like fucking he's tweaked out, frustrated. He's frustrated. He's like – that's yeah. how I took it. Well, I took it as he was focusing, trying to listen because then he – That could be it. That could be it. So Sam comes in just as this is all happening, just in time to see like a fucking super soldier go flying across the room. And he realizes that Walker has taken the serum and he's like, what the fuck you do, buddy? And Walker's like, no time. Let's go. They got Lamar. They got Lamar. Um, and they, they they come into like, I don't even know what this room is. It's a big empty room. Um, it's a shower room. Is that where they are in the shower room? Okay. Because yeah, that's right. We had well, that shower in the shower. Like, like Lamar's in the shower but room. But is that where this fight happens? I th- The fight, it looked like it was in like – a banquet hall? I, don't, I couldn't. Tell. I, I thought. I, I thought it was like like a gym, maybe. Like again, this is where I think it was a gym. I'm not. Re- I don't know. I like like it was like. Oh, this must be like the gym. And the showers are off to the side because Lamar just comes walking in all of a sudden, like in a minute. So it's like that's how I took it. It'd be weird to have a banquet hall next to the showers, right? I don't I, know. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening in this building. Um, I'm assuming it's all they've all been in one building the whole time. So it's like it's like the movie Wreck. The whole thing takes yeah. place in one building. Um, yeah. But uh, so then Sam shows up and uh, there's a big fight scene, a bunch of uh, Carly and some flag smashers and uh, they're fighting back and forth. And uh, uh, John Walker is really going hard. Like he throws his fucking shield and it's like fucking embedded in the wall. Like he's like really going heavy. Yeah. Um, and bends uh, some steel. He bends some steel to show everybody how fucking strong he is now. Yeah. And as they're fighting, um, Lamar, as like the only regular person in this fight, um, Carly fucking nails him and throws him across the room. And he hits this, this giant pillar. Yeah. And uh, it kills him. Apparently looks like it. Yeah. It kills him. I like this bit because they're fighting. Lamar yeah. flies across the room, hits this pillar so fucking hard. And I don't know if his neck breaks or his whole internal organs are liquefied or what the fuck happens to him. He is dead yeah. though. And he's like yeah. dead instantly. Yeah. But he, I, I think he's dead before he hits the pillar. I think, I think punch, she hits him so hard. I think you're right. Yeah. He probably blew up his heart. Right. I mean, that does, yeah. I get that sense. Um, but I, what I like about it is that everybody stops fighting and the whole thing has this intense feeling of kids in a field fighting. And yeah. then all of a sudden somebody gets really hurt. Yes. And everybody stops, and there was like, "Oh shit!" 
Yeah. And just and then the flag off. smashers just run. I like that a lot. I think some people yeah. might complain about this, but like not I that think it, works. I, I think it, it makes sense. Because these are not warriors. These are not soldiers. Yeah. They they don't yeah. they're not they're not here to do this. And it's just that like it got out of hand. It got really out of hand really fast. Well, they they are there to do that because their plan is to kill Captain America. But they didn't plan to kill anyone else. They right. had a specific. They're going to kill this, this one individual icon, like yeah. this one guy, right? I mean, that's the thing, right? So, um, and you know, yeah, and they were definitely not planning on. I mean, I wonder if they're planning on killing Cap like on TV or something. I I don't know. I don't know. She just those classic supervillain things. Yeah. Anyway, everybody fucking runs out, and um, John Walker goes running after the bad guys. And this is really great because he goes and jumps out the window and does a superhero landing on a van. Yes. And it's very much a couple of different things that are calling back to Steve Rogers. There's uh, Steve jumping out of shield headquarters. Yep. Uh, and landing on a shield that's there, but then also just sort of the generalized, you know, Captain America, the superhero landing that he yep. finally does, which we've all internalized as like that superhero cliche thing, but they're yep. playing with it here. They, they, they know that what we know, you know, yep. um, and it's really great. And then he comes running after Nico, AKA the guy who worshiped Captain America as a kid. Yes. And he chases him into a town square and uh, starts yelling, where is she? Which I feel like he wouldn't even know, but um, yeah, it's a, but he, I mean, John's filled with rage. He is not. He's roid rage and hard. He's roid rage and hard. He is not thinking properly. Yeah. And we know this because he fucking knocks Nico down and then he um, does to him what Captain America did not do to Iron Man in Civil War. No. Nope. Yep. But it's the exact same scenario. They, they But he did do it to a, a vampire in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> but it they're is. definitely visually quoting it. They want yes. us to know. And well, at- it, it's it's interesting. Like to be clear, John Walker cuts the man's head off with his shield. He decapitates him with the shield. And in the comics, there's an issue in the comics. It's not 100 uh, percent sure that he did that. That's how I took it. Is that he's decapitating? I don't know that that's the case because he's still yelling after the first hit. I think that he's plunging it into his chest. I think that he's doing. De- Remember in Civil War when Cap had the shield over Tony. And he's plunged into his um, into but, the but, arc but reactor. Tony's he plunges into the arc reactor, but Tony's fear was that he was going to go for his, his throat. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, he probably is doing and, that. And yeah. in in the comic, there's a comic. It's a John Byrne issue of Captain America where he's Baron fighting, Blood, right? He's fighting Baron Blood, vampire, and and it's great because he's like, "There's only one way to kill." Like it's you know his inner monologue. He's like, "The only way to kill. There's only one way to kill a vampire. It goes against everything I believe in." And it, like you can see that Cap is disgusted with himself that he's decapitating this man with his shield. Like he knows it's, this is not what he's supposed to be. And then seeing it near where it's John Walker doing it. I mean, I, I doubt they were like, everyone knows that issue of the Captain America comic, but it was like very fun. Like, Oh, this is a fun connection here. This is neat. So he is fucking like wrecking it. this guy and he's yes. just bringing the shield down again and again and again. And we see that the square is full of people, all of whom have their iPhones out, all of whom are uploading this to world star. Well, like right away. This is like live World on the Star. World you, Star. You can hear them yelling. World Star. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Bucky runs up and yells it. He's like, World Star. World Star. Um, and then like, so I'm watching this scene. I was like, this is fucked up. And I was like, but you have to give us the shot, right? I was like, are you going to give us the shot? Are you going to do it? And they like, they really hold off on giving us the shot for a long yeah. time. They really build the tension and then they do give us the shot. Um, yeah. John Walker, it's the hero shot because it's a worm's eye view. So he like, appears very yeah. large and it's John Walker holding the shield at his side as Captain America would, but it's drenched in blood. Drenched in blood. 
Yeah. And uh, then we end the episode. Yep. All right. What'd you think of this one? I think uh, everything happens too fast. You think so, huh? I do. I, I, th- these are the problems. I have one. I think that John Walker should have been uh, uh, defeated or, or embarrassed or whatever in front of an audience. You know, I think I think I think last episode should have been him getting beat up by a bunch of people in front of cameras and like feeling like he failed, you know, I, I, and and not just doing it like three times in one episode to be like, there you go. That's why he's so upset. And, you know, I think that would have helped out a lot because I feel like him getting the serum to taking the serum to being super crazy guy is just too quick, you know, especially when we're looking at eight other super soldiers running around and none of them have gone bonkers that fast. But he's not bonkers. That's the thing. I think that's the important thing. This is the conversation he has with Lamar and Lamar says, it doesn't make you bad. It makes you just more of what you are. So the flag smashers are all, what does Bucky say? He's crazy. I know crazy. I am crazy. He was, but he was crazy before he took the serum. Yes. But, and the serum makes you more, which like, I feel like it, it just it moves too quickly. Like like it should have been. We he should have a been beat up in front of audiences. Like in some way, seen on, on TV. I don't see why disgraced. I, because I think it's important to him being disgraced. But he's being disgraced right now. That's the thing. He's disgracing himself. He's disgracing himself now. But I'm saying like for him to to like compared to last episode, he comes into this episode and he's like really very different than he was last episode. You know, last episode, he was cocksure guy. In this episode, the second he shows up, he's like, who, 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 I can't take it. And it's like, it's, we need, I I feel like there needed to be more pieces to it. I don't, I see, this is why I disagree. One, I think that if he had been humiliated on camera, it would not make this on camera bit land. It would feel repetitive. You got to save your on camera for this, for him murdering a guy. This is the on camera bit. If he had already been humiliated on camera, people like this Captain America is a punk, then this wouldn't matter. This would be meaningless. This is the punk Captain America killed a guy. But the idea that that's the reason why early in the episode, he gets the autograph because we need to reinforce that he's a celebrity and that he's, he's a liked celebrity. So to be humiliated in the public eye would really undercut the whole ending of the episode. The other thing is I think that he's been on this path ever since his first episode um, because that this all begins when he um, gets um, Bucky out of jail and he's yeah. waiting for them and he's like, okay guys, let's go do it. Let's partner up. And they had already turned him down once. And then now he's in a position where he's like, Hey, I'm here showing you how helpful and good I am. And they turn him down again. And what he says to them is, well, then you better stay out of my way. So he's already like he's already at this point for him. I think what's more damaging than the public stuff because I think he's a real soldier. So I think the public stuff he's bothered by a little bit because he doesn't want to just be the celebrity's Captain America. He wants to be yeah. Captain America. So to yeah. be humiliated in front of the public wouldn't be that meaningful to him because his deal is like I'm here to serve. Um, so that's one thing. But also, what's more damaging to him is that throughout the whole series, he has been. Um, denied by these two guys whose approval he wants most of all these are the because as he can carry the shield but he feels like as long as he doesn't have the approval of these two guys who knew steve rogers who were truly his brothers that he cannot ever really be in the position and they're what's keeping him down and they're what's humiliating him and being humiliated in front of them is so much more damaging to him also let's be really honest like they have not written him as a racist, but to be humiliated by a bunch of black women is probably really difficult for him as well. So I think that that's enough humiliation. So I think also the other thing is that last episode, he was barely in it. 
Yeah. He just like did like a, he liked one of those like, Hey, remember me? I'm still in this, the show appearances. Yeah. The important things, as you say, is that when he shows up to in, in Riga is that he has spent every episode one step behind these guys, like consistently. And then when he even does get caught up to them, he still gets fucking knocked out. So I think that this is, he's been twitchy for a while. He was twitchy last episode. Um, he's really twitchy this episode. And then, so I think that all of this together, I think the speed of it is what makes it feel like a snapping as opposed to, I don't think there's like a really huge rumor going around that they're going to do a Thunderbolts and that they're yeah, setting it up that. right here. And I love that idea. Yeah. I think they've actually begun to accumulate enough villains to make it work. And I think that a Thunderbolts with a U.S. agent on it is a reasonable concept. But I think yeah. that he can't be evil. I think he can snap and then be U.S. agent. Well, well, I, I mean, this is something that's definitely interesting is in the comics, John Walker snaps and then walks it back. And he ends up becoming an Avenger and he's a hero and blah, 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 blah. And then he's like sort of like always bouncing. He's, that he's always this. bouncing back and forth with that as U.S. agent. He's always like depending on who's writing him. He's like always yeah. like a little more hardcore than he needs to be. Like when they yeah. really bring it back and forth. But yes, he did become you know, the leader of the West Coast Avengers and stuff after his ill-fated tenure as Captain America. Where yeah. Captain America had to beat the shit out of him and stuff like that. You're right. It's harder to walk it back. But that's why the, he, works in, he would work in Thunderbolts. A team of villains yes. where yes. he's the only – he's the goodest guy. He's not yeah. a good guy. He's the goodest guy on the team yeah. of villains. He's like uh, – what's his face on Suicide Squad? Right. Yeah. Rick Flagg or whatever his name Rick is. Rick Flagg, yeah. yeah. Um, but Rick Flagg isn't – You're the one that keeps them in line. No, but that would be the thing. Like, right. You're the one that keeps these guys in line. Right. You're the okay. only one with the fucking balls to actually like take out Zemo yeah. if you had to, right? I mean so like that's the thing. So I think that – to me, it's more important that he snap. And again, I think in the original run, when they introduced him as Captain America, it is a snapping because it is his it's his, his inability to um, – he's not a bad guy. He's just not the right guy. He's he's not a good guy. He's not a – but he's he's – the thing is in this episode especially I – mean, Greenwald, Greenwald from the beginning writes him as a, as a right-leaning extremist in the comic. Like when he he's they're first introducing him as Cap America, and they're like, "Your first mission is you got to deal with this white ring white right wing group that is anti sex education and, and anti segregation uh, segregation and blah blah blah." He's like, "I agree with them," and it's like, well, "Yeah, but when so you make it clear right away, like, oh, this guy is definitely not on. He's not a good guy. He's well, not your see, hero." He was writing this comic at a time before Trump when um, we still had the idea that conservatives could actually be decent people. Um, and so that's a big thing to keep in mind that he was not writing it from the modern perspective. Um, and so that's one piece of it. But if you read the actual issues where he's training to be Captain America, they're all the issues are just all thought bubbles of John yeah. Walker. And he really does want to do the best. He really wants to be. No, Captain he wants America. to do the best, but, but he's got much like John Walker in this. He, he's just got ill-conceived notions of what the best might be. So one of the things that this episode is doing is that it's holding up the idea of what America thinks itself is versus what it really is. And John Walker is what it really is. Captain yes. America is what it thinks it is or wants to yeah. be. And Sam is caught in the middle of these things, right? Where he has seen what America can be and wants to be. And he also, as a black man in America, understands what it can, what it, what it really is. What it is. And yeah. he also sees this guy behaving in a way that is tarnishing the ideal that he has believed in, even as he's experienced the least good version of America. Yeah. So that's the other part that's important. I think that if he's just evil, 
I mean, like, you know, obviously you can do like America's evil, but that feels like boringly reactionary yeah, to like, me, ooh, right? Yeah, we get it. We get yeah, it. We get it. Yeah. Um, but the idea that like America is not as that America is not as good as it thinks it is, and that America has a long way to go, and that America yeah. the um, Superman bit. The super exactly, right? Yeah, they could be a great people they wish to be. They right. just need to like to show them the way. Right. So that's and so I think that's what makes him more interesting if he snaps as opposed to yeah. I'm crazy, I'm fucking lunatic, I'm Captain America the brutal dictator, and more like my buddy just died. The the difference, you know, and this is the superhero story thing, which is the difference is that like in a superhero story, the buddy gets killed and the hero cannot kill the killer of the buddy. Yes. That's what makes you the hero. You don't kill the guy. Yeah. And he has done the thing that- Show you, him that our way works. Take right. him in. Yeah. And so he has, he did the other thing. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, And he and, and they, they did a really good job too because in this show where the heroes do shoot people or whatever, because it's an action espionage show, they made him killing a helpless man. Yes. This was not like in the middle of exchanging gunfire and No, no, the guy's defeated. He's on the, the guy's ground. defeated on the ground. He actually probably has information that he could give to John Walker that would be helpful. And Walker yeah. doesn't give a shit. He just wants to fucking kill the guy because the guy yeah. killed his buddy. Or he thinks, you know, he didn't know he knows that it wasn't this guy. He associates it with Yeah. The, Even the, they make sure that the guy says it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think so I think that's why it works for me, because I think if John Walker snaps and he does snap, and that's the speed of it, is that it is just this pressure that was overwhelming and the death of Lamar, um, you know, the only guy who understood him. That's the other piece of it. Is that they fought together in Afghanistan. When he got those medals of honor, Lamar was there. Yeah. So it isn't just like, hey, buddy, remember what it was like to be an American in Afghanistan. Like, you were there in Afghanistan. We were there at that. We worked together. I think that's the other piece of that makes it work for me. I think the speed of it um, is yeah, what- I think. The, I think the Afghanistan conversation honestly was – it made me laugh because it's like so like – just chucked in there, like, by the way, like, it's just a weird moment because there's no, they, it felt like something where they, like, that was a first draft and like, we'll fill this in and explain what happened. <laughs> and then they forgot because they're just like, remember in Afghanistan? Yeah, that day. No, like, I like, like that. Like, straight out of like Rushmore, like one of the plays from Rushmore where it's like, you don't actually know what that stuff was. <laughs> like, like, so you're just like, oh, it was a rough day. We could have saved so many more that day when I won three you know, medals of honor or whatever. Like, it's like, and as we said, pretty sure you can't get three for the same mission. Well, you know why I like that? Because having known a couple of people who served and who had fucked up experiences, they don't talk about the fucked up experience. They don't, they don't, they don't explain to anybody what it was. Yes. But this is a TV show. No, I know. I know. Um, (laughs) So it's a little different. But it worked for me. I didn't need the details. Um, I don't need like massive details, but it's just weird to be like, remember that day in Afghanistan? It's like, it's a big place, man. Can, can you, we were there for like a year. It's a big country. Can you boil it down? You know, um, say say a, a town, say like whatever. Something it just read is very weird to me of like, well, we'll fill in details. Yeah. Well, that definitely, that definitely, fill in some details later. that definitely was a, a scene written um, at the audience as opposed to for the characters. Yes. That was to yeah. give the audience the information the audience needed. And they wanted to make sure that the audience knew it was Afghanistan. They didn't want to make the audience think it was like an alien planet or whatever. They yeah. needed the audience. They need the audience to know it's the real world and it's the war that the U S is really in. They really yes. wanted to make that clear. If they said like the name of a town, the audience might have thought it was like, you know, Bialia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They would not yeah. understand that it's real. So, but yeah, Which you're right. Weird if it was Bialia because that's the wrong <laughs> universe. That'd be wild. They're refugees from an alternate universe. Um, yeah. 
But I think the speed's what really worked for me in this episode because I think that last episode I felt like a lot of wheel spinning to me, and yeah. I had a real problem with it. Um, but that's what I'm saying is like, like they could have put some of this in the last episode. I think it would have worked well. I you know instead of forcing it all into this episode. But I don't know. I don't know. That's how I felt. Um, I think also we're entering the third act now, so everything starts speeding up. I think that's the other yes. piece of it. Um, yeah. But uh, I like this episode a bunch. I had a, again, I had a problem with the fact that the entire episode was set inside one building, and that was supposed to be twenty five different locations. I had a real fucking problem with that, and I cannot stop seeing the small locations on this show. Yeah, as much as I wish that I was able to fall into the universe, um, but I thought the use of the door Melage was really great. Um, yes, that was very cool. I love the. Um, I don't know if I love the destruction of this. I love the fact that Zemo did it. But on a larger scale, I'm not sure I love the idea of doing that. I don't mind it because it's out there. It's not out there. There's no more. They only made 20. No, but I mean, you can easily be like, oh, what's his name? The guy that made it, he uploaded his serum, uh, his formula online, and we were able to get into his iCloud or whatever. Yeah, you could definitely retcon that. But the show seems to be going out of its way so that at the end of it, they go, there's no more super soldiers because they've destroyed all the vials except for the one that Walker took, and then they blew up the guy's lab and shot the guy. Like, it really does have the sense of like- But like, 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 we know that in Incredible Hulk, we see there's an entire room full of- super soldier serums. So it's out there. You yeah, know, but none of them waiting to be that's the thing. No, they turn into like the Hulk or the abomination, right. but you know, but that's two that we saw. So there's more versions. Who knows? Like, yeah, no, I know. I just, it just feels like to me, like I, after and they're getting ready for mutants, after, <laughs> well, after 12 years, I'm ready just for there to be a gazillion super guys. I agree. I agree. I don't think there ever will be though. I don't think they'll ever go that far. You know, but what are you going to do? I do wonder if the mutants, what's the, I mean, you know, obviously bringing in Madripoor last episode was a pretty big, like, hey, so this is, we're serious about this. The mutants are yeah. coming. That was yeah. quite clearly the message. I mean, there's no way that why said it in Mad, I can, there's like 10 other fake countries they could have used. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's obviously purposeful. Um, yeah. So there's a mutant reference in this episode, isn't there? There's something. I don't remember crazy. There being one. I thought there were some, maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Um, so we're down to two more episodes left, five and six. The yep. showrunner has teased episode five. Yes. That it's going to make us cry. Yep. And the rumor on the street is there's a appearance that's supposed to be earth shattering. Yeah. It's a, a character who has not appeared before, but it's a major actor. A major actor. This is the rumor. That's not the, from the showrunner. It's this no, is the rumor, rumor that's running yeah. around the internet. Yeah, but it's a new may or may not be a blonde woman. <laughs> it's a new character and it's a major actor that we'll recognize. Yes, so it's yeah. interesting. Um, it'll be very intriguing to see. And, what- and, yeah, and and not from any movies, right? Is another thing. So at least that's what random people on the internet. The showrunner said that there's a character that they almost lost the rights to. Who's in episode five? And that's interesting. Um, that this is a character <laughs> that almost lost the rights to the Winter Soldier. So the, well, yeah, you know, actually, here's the deal. So he says that this is the character they almost lost the rights to. Like the last minute, they didn't know they were going to have the character or not. They have the character. The, this is a character he would love to see hanging out with Thor. That is a yeah. more grounded character. I suspect he's still talking about Isaiah. Okay, you think so? I suspect. I suspect that he gave this interview before the show started, and so he yeah. didn't want to say Isaiah because Isaiah shows up in episode two. But he's yeah. got to come back again, and I 
Sam needs to have a scene with him. And if you're talking about who's going to make us cry in the show, it's got to be Isaiah and his history, right? And like, we're going to have to go more into detail into that because they just, they just touched on it. They didn't really get into it. And so there's got to be a thing. And honestly, like the black super soldier who stayed in prison for 30 years, um, that's a guy that you want to see bump up against Thor. Like you want to see him butt heads with Thor. That's interesting. That's a really interesting thing. Yeah. Um, That makes a lot of sense to me. So I suspect that the episode that who the showrunner is talking about is still Isaiah and that we're going to get a big Isaiah episode next week. Okay. That's my guess. Because the other I, thing is that my guess also is that the power broker is nobody. I'm wondering if we're ever if we're actually going to see the power broker. We may never see the power broker, or the power broker might be this character that everybody's talking about, the character who has never appeared before and has played by a major. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna have the power broker not be in the show for four episodes, where everybody's going to talk about the power broker constantly, one there's two ways to pay it off: is have it be a character we've already met, or have yeah. it be a famous actor. Yes. And like yes. Keanu Reeves is the power broker. That's enough. Like you don't need anything else. Not, I'm not saying it's going to be Keanu Reeves, but I'm saying that's enough. Like Keanu Reeves shows up. He's the power broker. He gets killed at the end of the episode. That's fine. Like that's a big enough appearance. Or my theory is that they're bringing up the power broker a lot and either we'll see the power broker for a moment or we won't see the power broker at all. And that's the setup for season two. That could be, or the setup for Thunderbolts. Or the setup for Thunderbolts or whatever this moves on to be. I would love if this Thunderbolts rumor turns out to be true because I think that they have now actually got to a place where it would really work. And they built Zemo up enough. Yeah. I don't know if everyone that listens knows what Thunderbolts is and we keep talking about it. Thunderbolts is a comic. There's no way this comic could work today because – Kurt Busiek. It was amazing. The comic came out. And um, it was at a time when the Avengers had been sucked out of the earth. They had been sucked into an alternate universe where the Image Comics guys were doing their stories. They got rebooted. Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld took them into Heroes Reborn universe. And so our Marvel Earth was left without the Avengers, like the core Avengers. And so there was like turmoil. And this new team of heroes showed up called the Thunderbolts. Their, their, um, their, Their motto was justice like lightning. Yes. Um, and so there's these new characters and they Led have by citizen V citizen V who is like actually a character from the forties. Like it's like actually an like old character from timely comics or Atlas comics. And he says that he's like related to that character from world war two. Yeah. And this is whole team of guys and they have like an adventure and whatever. And then at the very end, this cannot happen today at the nope. very end of the comic citizen V pulls off his mask and it's Baron Zemo. And the yes. other guys all pulled off their masks, and they're all also supervillains. And yes. the premise is that these supervillains have taken on heroic identities to make the world trust them so that they could really fuck shit up. Yes. And the reason why you couldn't do that today is because that secret would not be held. It just could not. There's no it would be on Bleeding Cool like two months before the comic there's, came out. There's just yeah. no way. Or it would at least – like when it got to the – when it got to the comic shops the night before and they were putting it out, they would have yeah. – everybody would know on Twitter that morning. I remember reading that comic when that came out. And buying yeah. number one and reading it and getting to the last page and being like, being like really? holy shit, holy <laughs> shit, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. Like yeah, it was like nuts. And it was like the Beatles. It was like, it was like Spider-Man villains. It was like a whole mix of different kinds of villains. Yeah. It was, um, very cool. it was a really cool fucking reveal. And you just couldn't do it again. Like you just couldn't, it's no. too much internet. And also like well, that, not, not even too much internet. It would be before the book came out, like two days before the book came out, it would be a story in the New York times or whatever. Yeah. You know, and everybody would get pissed and Marvel would be like, well, you shouldn't read the New York times. And there's no (laughs) way that you could do a TV show with that same reveal because just the fact that these actors are working 
together, people would figure it out. Like it just, just no yeah. way that you could make do that reveal in yeah. in the movies or in the shows. But fuck, it was a great reveal in the comics. Truly a great reveal. But the premise of and if you kept that premise of the superhero supervillains pretending to be heroes, um, if you kept that premise but let us in on the twist earlier, I think you could do a pretty good show on that. Yeah. I think you do yeah. a pretty good show on that. I, I think there's a possibility that they're leading up to something like that because we're seeing a lot more Zemo and we know that uh, uh, what's his name is coming back. Abomination is showing up in one of the movies, right? Yeah, so, we had we had we had Batrock show up in this show again. Batrock like, showed up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's like these characters that show up and don't die. They're very smart about not killing them. You could build a team with some of these characters. D- D- Vulture, maybe I don't know if Michael Keane would. I don't jump know if they in. could use the Spider-Man characters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That could be a problem. Huh? So, yeah, who knows? So, all right, I guess we're gonna find out next week. I think next week's probably gonna be like the barn burner, if I had to guess. Next, uh, apparently, next week episode is a long one. Nice. So, yes. Well, there's only two episodes left, and they seem to have a lot to get done. They don't but have who, that much to get done, actually. When you think about it, I guess not. I, I'm. I guess we still don't really know what the story is. We're, we're just trying to stop the flag. I think next week we're going to find out what the Flag Smasher's ultimate evil plan will end up being. Like Carly will now be fully radicalized and will have a big plan to do something big. If I had to guess, she's going to do something big against the GRC since we've talked about the GRC so much on the show. Yeah. Um, I would assume it's going to be some kind of GRC thing. Maybe like destroy their headquarters or something like that. Yeah. Right? And, and Zemo's out in the open somewhere. Zemo's out in the open somewhere, and the power broker is looking for everybody. So, and then John Walker is in the middle of this. So we have these characters that are going to bump into each other. I think no. it's just the plot. I don't think the plot is like there's like a twist or like a mystery to no. solve. No. I think it's just these characters yeah. are just in conflict. Yeah, and Sam's got to save his house. And Sam has to save his house and figure out if he wants to be Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you enjoy this show. We do another show like it called The Bad Batch, where we talk about Star Wars TV. We are uh, in the middle of Rebels Season 3, but we're going to have to end that soon because there's a new Star Wars cartoon coming on Disney Plus called The Bad Batch, and yeah. we're going to be covering that beginning um, in the beginning of May. So that's about available three in about, about three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah, That's available to all $1 and above subscribers on the Patreon. The Patreon is www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A, Sangha. And that's $1 and up. We're also doing another podcast. We did the first episode of it. People seem to like it, so we're going to do more of them. And that podcast is, I think we're calling it Watchmen. And uh, it is not actually what it sounds like. It is a podcast where we talk about superhero movies in depth. The first episode we did was a two-hour epic about the Snyder Cut, a.k.a. Zack Snyder's Justice League. The next episode that we're going to do, we're going to record this upcoming week, I think, and have it out next week is going to be Batman Returns. And the way it's going to work is if you like this show, when Black Widow comes out, we're going to talk about it on the show that is uh, behind the paywall. I hate to tell you that. Uh, and that's going to be available to $5 and above subscribers. And at $5 and above, you're going to get Marvel Vision, The Bad Batch, and also Watchmen, as well as all of the writing that I do over at the Cinema Sangha Patreon. It's a pretty good deal. Um, so if you're interested, check that out. If you're not interested, that's cool. Marvel vision will remain free. And if you wanted to rate and review us, that really makes a difference and, uh, really helps us out. So uh, a positive, a five-star rating would go a long way for us. Yes. Derek, don't be a Zemo. Don't be a Zemo. Don't be a Zemo and give us a zero. Um, Derek, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Woolhat. 
You can find me on Twitter at DevinCF. And also, remember, it's www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A. We'll see you again next week as the fifth penultimate episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And until then, may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be healthy, and most of all, may you remain a true believer.